they believed in the church. And he goes on to say, I don't, I don't mean they believed in the church as an organization or institution or were blindly following the demands of the pastors. Rather, they believed in the church as a... And they knew that they could only serve the church if they were there. If they were present when the church gathered. And they knew they could only carry out those one another commands if they were there with one another. And so they were. And he says, I'm convinced every church needs more of these people, more people who see their presence as their great contribution to the church. The local church doesn't need people of outsized talents or rare abilities as much as it needs normal people with with full-out commitment. Your church and my church can thrive only when there's a dedicated core who make it their mission to be there, to make their main ministry the ministry of presence. And we, as, as we uh, go through uh, Nehemiah 11 and 12, we're going to see this, this the, the importance of the, uh, the ministry of, of being there. We're going to start with uh, Nehemiah chapter 11. If you've looked over this uh, chapter, the next, you notice, that, again, there's, there's a lot of names. A lot of names. That's why we're going to cover two chapters today. And I'm not, I'm not going to read all those names. We, we would be here an extra hour if they did, I think. We've seen a lot of these lists, haven't we, in, in Ezra and Nehemiah, both. Yeah, we... In Ezra, we had a list of those who uh, returned with Zerubbabel and Jeshua. There was a list of, of the people who returned with later on in the second, second wave with Ezra. We had a list of those who had uh, been disobedient, who had intermarried with the people in the land. Uh, Nehemiah, we had lists of uh, the people who were in charge of rebuilding the walls and gates. Uh, there was actually a repeat list of the returned exiles. In chapter 10, there was a list of those people who had signed this, uh, this covenant. And now we have more lists. Um, and again, these, these lists are, are a memorial to these, to these people. These people, each one had a role in God's work in, in Jerusalem. And you know, they, again, they, they show that God cares about the individual. He cares about the, uh, the person who maybe we would consider to be insignificant or, or ordinary. You know, to God, these people were extraordinary. The, the impact they had on the kingdom was, was not uh, insignificant. And so the work on the walls has been completed by the time we come to chapter 11. And, you know, you'd think that there would be this, uh, this big celebration. But, you know, recall from the previous chapters that not only did the uh, city need to be rebuilt, not only did the, uh, the temple need to be rebuilt in, back in Ezra, but the people needed to be rebuilt as well. God's people needed rebuilding. And, you know, the people were going to need to be uh, faithful they were going to be, need to be obedient to, to God's word, prayer, confession. We saw that uh, last time. And in chapter 11, we're going to look at the faithfulness of the people. 
the faithfulness of the people. We're going to look at what the people did. And we're going to we're going to we're going to kind of focus because the uh, the text does on on three facets of their faithfulness. And these are uh, serving, praising, and giving. So rather than read all at once, we'll kind of break it up here. Let's start in chapter 11, verse 1. We'll read the first few verses. It says, Now the leader of the people lived in Jerusalem, the leaders of the people lived in Jerusalem, and the rest of the people cast lots to bring one out of ten to live in Jerusalem, the holy city, while nine out of ten remained in other towns. And the people blessed all the men who willingly offered to live in Jerusalem. These are the chiefs of the province who lived in Jerusalem. But in the towns of Judah, everyone lived on his property in their towns. Israel, the priests, the Levites, the temple servants, the descendants of Solomon's servants. And in Jerusalem lived certain sons of Judah and sons of Benjamin, uh, sons of Judah. In, in verse 6, it, it lists the uh, sons of Perez who lived in Jerusalem. You know, they were 468 valiant men, it says. Chapter 7, these are the sons of Benjamin. We're not, we're not going to read all these. What I want to focus on is these facets of faithfulness that we see in these people. In the first facet of, of uh, uh, faithfulness is that of serving. Serving. And the first area of serving is the uh, the ministry of presence. Just being there. Jerusalem needed people, but there weren't enough to uh, to populate the city. When the people returned from exile, you know, I guess it makes sense they would want to return to their their hometowns. I think I think we would all probably feel more comfortable and most comfortable doing that. You know, the, the towns where they where their ancestors had, had grown up, perhaps the towns where they had property. They were experiencing really the same, in, in Jerusalem, the same kind of thing that Tim Challies was talking about in, in this church. The not enough people. So chapter 11 begins by talking about uh, the people living in Jerusalem. You know, the leaders lived there. That's a good thing. Uh, they were, um, there, there were some people, it said, who lived there voluntarily. And it says the people blessed those, those ones who, who chose to live there voluntarily. It says that uh, the people blessed them. They were, they were appreciated. They were, they were highly honored by the people. But even with these, there, there was a shortage. More people were needed for the city. And so they had a lottery. They, they drew lots to choose one out of ten people. It's kind of, kind of a tithe of, of people. Uh, you know, one, one tenth. Remember back in chapter 7, it said that the city was wide and large, but the people within it were few. And no houses had had been rebuilt. Something needed to be done. And uh, you know, when when I read this, I I, I think back to uh, when uh, when Jerusalem was uh, destroyed, and when the te- the temple was destroyed, it was sacked. And in the Book of Lamentations, the 
the writer who is Jeremiah starts out talking about this empty city. He says, how lonely sits the city that was full of people. How like a widow she has become. She who was great among the nations. She who was a princess among the provinces has become a slave. She weeps bitterly in the night with tears on her cheeks among all her lovers. She has none to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They have become her enemies. You know, that was, that was a picture of Jerusalem before, uh, before we started uh, studying Ezra, before the, the return. And things are, things are a lot better now. The temple has been rebuilt. The city walls, the gates... The people have come together in this, this prayer of, of confession, signing this, putting their names to this, uh, this covenant. Things are better. Good progress has been made, but here's the thing. Still not enough people. And a city is not a city without people. Uh, people were needed to, to live there. There was this uh, little city when we lived in Nebraska. It was south of us. Um, Union, Nebraska. I bet nobody in here has ever heard of Union, Nebraska. Uh, it was it was built because of the uh, the railroad, and I think I think they the railroad rerouted or something. So there, there's this town with railroad tracks going through it, storefronts, everything all boarded up. It looks like a, a ghost town. There's still people living there. I looked it up this morning. I think it said there are 280 something people there. But it's really kind of a shell, an empty shell of, of a, a city, small city. It never was real big. But to make Jerusalem alive again, you know, to rebuild the houses, to make this city once again a, a city, providing support for the infrastructure of the temple, providing workers for the, the temple, the worship services. You know, Jerusalem in the Bible is called the city of God. It's precious to God. It's vital in God's redemption plan. You know, this city is where the Messiah, several hundred years later after this, 400 years later, would, would walk. Outside of the city gates is where our, our Lord, our Savior, would, would die. Very significant is, is this city, and right now is this temple, which is where God goes to meet his people. The people were important. It's important that they be there. And how does this speak to us as a, as a local church, as a local manifestation of the body of Christ? You know, does, it, does it matter if we come and, and meet together? Yes. You know, I think one of the, uh, one of the tragedies of the, uh, the uh, pandemic a couple of years ago was that many, many people have gotten into the habit of staying away. And I've talked to, I've talked to a lot of these people. They say, well, I don't, I go to church online. I go to church online. That's not being there. That's not assembling. Uh, Hebrews 10, 24 to 25 talks about this, about the assembling of the 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 people of God, it says, let us consider how to stir one another up and uh, to, to love and good works, you know, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another as all the more you see the day drawing near. Even back then in the first century, in the early church, people were in the habit of staying away. 
So back to Nehemiah, there were there were people who lived there. It talks about how they served what they did. So this, the second part of serving, the, the serving, faithfulness of serving is actually doing the work. And Nehemiah talks about that. Verse 12 talks about the priests who, who did the work of the house, the Levites who were over the outside work of the house of God. Verse 19, there were the gatekeepers who kept watch of the, at the gates. Verse 22, the sons of Asaph, the singers who were over the work of the house of God and you know, these, by the way, were paid for by the uh, pagan king of Persia. That's pretty amazing. We've seen God's hand move the, the, the king of, of Persia a couple times in, in the past. You know, besides the people listed, there were many, many more, many who aren't even mentioned here, many tasks that are not mentioned here, countless other things that people were doing every day to keep the temple and the, and the city functioning. Verses 25 through 35 provides this list of people who lived in the villages outside of Jerusalem. Lots of names. And chapter 12 begins with a virtual repeat of uh, the, the, the people listed in, in Ezra. All these lists, and we, we've talked about this before. Uh, kind of reminds me of our, our last church, the last church we were at in Arkansas. One of the first things we noticed about this church when we, when we saw the, its building was this, this long haul from the, uh, from the auditorium back to the back of the church. There was a fellowship hall. There were some classrooms along the way. And on this wall, the, the wall was just full of pictures, full of pictures. And, it, you know, as you look at these pictures, you can tell that you know, the, the, these these walls covered the 50-year history of of this church. Uh, they didn't mean that much to me because I didn't know any of the people. But you know, from time to time, people would would point out uh, some some person, some some significant event, uh, some person who who meant a lot to them. You know, like oh, here's here's the Olson family. You know, the Olson family is real big and. Russellville, Arkansas, you know, oh, look, there's Dean. He, he's, he's a little boy there. Now he's one of our deacons. You know, oh, look, here's, here's Mark and Cinda Wood. You know, they're, they're missionaries in Mongolia now. Uh, you know, here, here's, here's a picture of the men building this, this building. And, uh, you know, that, it, it's kind of like this list here. You know, this, this list of people was very significant to these people. And, Still significant to God. There, there's this one section where it had the pastors. And there, there's this one guy that nobody knew anything about. I, I guess he wasn't there very long. Anyway, you know, th- there may be pictures of you. There may be pictures of me posted somewhere. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe our names are, are listed in a book somewhere. I don't know. doesn't matter a whole lot to me. But, uh, you know, the, the list that is important is the one that Apostle Paul mentions, Philippians 4, 2, and 3, where he's talking about these, these two women, Yodia uh, and, and Syntyche, saying, I entreat, you to, to entreat them to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life book of life it's important that our names are in the book of life anyway 
You know, these people were faithful and, and serving in many ways. Now, when we get to chapter 12, verse 27, here comes the, uh, the exciting part. This is, this is really kind of the climax of the book. This is when the wall is dedicated. You know, what were the people doing? They were praising. They were faithful in their praise. Let me read starting with verse 27. In the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites in all their places to bring them to Jerusalem and celebrate the dedication with gladness, with thanksgivings and with singing, with cymbals and harps and lyres. Lyres. And the sons of the singers gathered together from the districts surrounding Jerusalem and from the villages of uh, the Netophalites, also from Bithgegal and from the region of Geba and Asmaveth. For the singers had built for themselves villages around Jerusalem and the priests and the Levites purified themselves and they purified the people and the gates and the wall. Then I brought up the leaders of Judah up onto the wall and appointed two great choirs that gave thanks. One went to the south wall, on the south wall to the dung gate, and another, and after them went uh, Hoshai and half the leaders of Judah, and Azariah, Ezra, Meshulam, Judah, Benjamin, Shimei, and Jeremiah, and certain of the priests' sons with trumpets. Zechariah, the son of Jonathan, son of Shimei, son of Mataniah, son of Micaiah, son of Zachur, son of Asaph, and his relatives, Shimei, Azarel, Milali, Gilali, Ma'ai, Nethanel, Judah, and Hanani, with the musical instruments of David, the man of God, and Ezra, the scribe, went before them. At the fountain gate, they went straight before them to the stairs of the city of David at the ascent of the wall above the house of David to the water gate on the east. And the, the other choir who gave thanks went to the north, and I followed them with half the people on the wall to the tower of ovens, to the broad wall, and above the gate of Ephraim, and the gate of Yeshana, and by the fish gate, and the tower of Hananel, and the tower of the hundred, to the sheep gate, and they all came to a halt at the gate of the guard. So both choirs of them who gave thanks stood in the house of God. And I and half the officials with me and the priest of Elakim, Maasaiah, many men, Micaiah, Elonai, Zechariah, and Hananiah with the trumpets and Masaiah, Shimei, Eleazar, Uzai, Jehananan, Malchijah, Elam, and Ezer. And the singers sang with Jezreiah as their leader, and they offered great sacrifices that day and rejoiced. For God had made them rejoice with great joy, and the women and children also rejoiced. And the joy of Jerusalem was heard far away. Whew. Imagine this scene, though. These thousands of people forming these two great choirs, and they, they went in different directions on the wall. 
singing, making all kinds of music. It lists their, their instruments they used. You know, it's praising God, praising God with, with great thanksgiving as they go along these walls. And imagine the scene when they, when they met and they stopped. The sound of joy could be heard far away. You know, what a... I wish I could have been there. I wish I had a recording of that. Uh, I remember in the mid-1990s, several of the men from our church in Colorado Springs went to uh, Denver for a, uh, a Promise Keeper conference. It was a huge gathering in the uh, Broncos Stadium. Just thousands of guys, thousands of Christian men. And I remember the the singing was just awesome. You know, this many people in a football stadium singing praise to God. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget that. There's something really special about that. You know, there, there were times of, of prayer where, you know, they had just little groups of two or three people gather together and pray and just, you know, this, the sound of thousands of men praying in this football stadium was overwhelming almost. Prayer and praise and being faithful in, in prayer and praise. Um, yeah, I remember the time thinking of that, that passage in, in Revelation where we see this scene before the throne. Revelation 7, 9 through 12. I, after this I looked and behold a great multitude that none could number. So many, many more than would be in this uh, football stadium from every nation from all tribes and people and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne, around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. I'm looking forward to that scene. We're going to be part of that. That's going to be great. You know, we get, we get to see glimpses of glory uh, from time to time. We, we certainly see it here in the, in the book of Nehemiah as these people of God are, are faithful in their, their worship and their praise to God in Jerusalem ascribing glory and honor to, to God alone. And the joy of Jerusalem was heard far away. So these people were, were faithful in service, in praise, and, and the last area we're going to look at is, is faithfulness in, in giving. And, uh, you know, n- none of these things are, are isolated activities. None of these things stand by them, themselves. You know, it says they, they offered sacrifices with great joy. You know, giving is, is an act of worship. It's an act of thanksgiving. It's, it's part of worship that uh, some people neglect. You know, giving is also part of service. You know, these, these things are all, they're all intertwined. Verses 44 to 47 of of chapter 12 demonstrate this. 
On that day were appointed over the storerooms, the contributions, the first fruits, and the tithes, together into them the portions required by the law for the priests and for the Levites according to the fields of the towns. For Judah rejoiced over the priests and the Levites who ministered, and they performed the service of God and the service of purification, as did the singers and gatekeepers, according to the command of David and his son Solomon. For long ago in the days of David and Asaph, there were directors of the singers, and there were songs of praise and thanksgiving to God. And in Israel, in the days of Zerubbabel, and in the, in the days of Nehemiah, gave daily portions for the singers and the gatekeepers, and they set apart that which was for the Levites. And the Levites set apart that which was for the sons of Aaron. You know, these people showed their faithfulness in their giving and providing. Um, the Apostle Paul gives instructions on, on how, what our attitude should be, what our hearts should be in, in worshiping and in, in giving. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 11, Paul says, The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work as it is written. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. You see how these things all work together. Giving, worship, serving. You know, the, the principles are, are plain here. You know, giving is, is to be, be done cheerfully with, with thanksgiving, voluntarily. You know, that's what, that's what God loves. Uh, you know, giving is not to be done with, with reluctance or, uh, nor, nor under compulsion. Uh, you know, if, if, if we feel resentful or pressured, then our giving is not uh, coming from a generous, cheerful heart. It's not coming from a heart that believes that, that God will supply our needs. It, it comes from a heart of uh, lack of faith. You know, giving is, is a matter of heart. It's a matter of faith. It's a matter of, of faithfulness. And, uh, you know, by the way, um, we, we've had questions over time about being a member of the church, our, our, our local body here. And uh, we even had a, a class... And our church documents spell out what, what it means to be a, a faithful member of, of this church. And uh, it, it says a, a faithful member, uh, well, an active member is, is faithful in attendance, serving, in prayer, and giving. You know, you see how these things line up with, with what we see in, in Nehemiah here. You know, we need to be faithful in actually being here as members 
We need to be functioning members who, who benefit each other, who support each other and serve each other under the, the headship of Christ. You know, the whole, the whole purpose is that we grow and mature as a body with Christ as the head. You know, the, the community of God's people here in, in Nehemiah, uh, the, the word that's used is the Hebrew word kahal, which, which means assembly, assembly. People actually coming together. The Greek word is similar. It's uh, ecclesia, ecclesia. And it also means assembly. Uh, it's a congregation, a, a gathering of the people. You know, the, the point is you can't be part of an assembly if you're not there. Let's wrap this up. You know, we, again, we don't know much about these people. We know, about, we know a lot about a few of them. You know, Nehemiah for sure. Uh, being separated by thousands of years. Uh, you know, most of these people aren't are not famous to, to us. You know, they're, but you know what? Their their significance was not in their fame. Their significance was in their faithfulness. Uh, we we don't know all the things that these people did. Uh, this passage just gives us a, a quick flyby view. But even though we don't know, God does. God cares. Uh, I like what Hebrews says in 6.10. Look at this. It says, For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. God sees. He knows. He, he remembers and uh, you know, I'm always amazed at in, in this church at all the things that happen that I don't even know about. Many, many times, things that that happen behind the scenes. That so many of you are so faithful, and and you know, you're not doing it for your for recognition. Um, and that's not important, is it? Not important that we're famous, but essential that we're faithful. So we're we're stewards. God has God has given us His church. He's given us each a part, as as Merritt said earlier. You know, each person, each member in the the body of Christ is there for for the others. That's where we get our significance. And having our our names written in the book of life. That's where we get our significance. Let's pray. Oh Lord God, uh, you are you are great, and your faithfulness is great. Lord, we 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 sing that great is your great uh, your faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. So we we praise you, Lord. You are our, our Father. You are our provider. You're our Lord. Uh, thank you, Lord, for your, your steadfast love for us, the love that just does not give up on us. Thank you, Lord, for this church. Thank you for entrusting us each to serve in this church. Uh, may, we, may we prove faithful, Lord. Uh, may you be glorified.
in your church. And we pray this in in Jesus' name, for his glory, for his honor. Amen.